0: Welcome to a very special Money 2020 edition of Paytech Talk, the podcast about payments. Today's guest is Tom Beckenham, founder and CEO of Kama. We're sitting here for another edition of Paytech Talk on the floor of Money 2020 in the Money Pot podcast booth. And I, across from me, I have Tom Beckenham, CEO of Kama. So Tom, how are you doing?
1: Very well, very well. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you for coming. Uh, thank you for inviting me today to uh, have a chat.
0: Oh no, it's uh, it's all my uh, pleasure. So, can you tell me what you've been up to? Uh?
1: Well, what I've been up to. So, uh, so Comma is a, a native open banking payment system. So, we have been busily uh, building a product over the last twelve months, which enables uh, small businesses to easily pay. Um, bills, uh, salaries, and uh, pretty much anything else, you know, the, the traditional boring stuff but important stuff that a small business uh, needs to pay. And uh, yeah, it's been uh, been going pretty well and pretty fast.
0: Good. Uh, thanks for that small intro. Uh, have you noticed anything that caught your eye in like all the payments news that's been happening <laughs> lately?
1: Yeah, there's a huge amount of uh, activity around payments uh, everywhere, you know, from uh, uh, card payments, to uh, bank-to-bank payments, uh, you know, into in consumer payments and, and, and everything. And really, it there, there does feel like there's a wave of um, disruption and there's a wave of, of innovation that's coming around. And, uh, you know, we've certainly seen some, some interesting things, like there's the, on the open banking front. Um, those that have been in the sector know that it's been a hard road mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh it's uh, slowly expanding and gaining traction, and we're seeing that um, you know, a lot of the APIs are now much more reliable than they used to be, and, and we can now actually see it as, as a viable option. And there's some great new things coming out, like you know, uh, there's so much hype around variable re- recurring payments, yes. and, and we find we that hype as well, we, we think they're going to be amazing, and uh, and it's kind of like how everyone has wanted payments to work, that's good to and, and that's, that's what we're hoping it's going to end up as anyway.
0: <laughs> good, uh, so- Having said that, what are the biggest opportunities for uh, your business, Karma?
1: Yeah, so I think the biggest opportunity for us is really um, in two areas. One is um, you know, to really make a difference to um, this huge Nord sector, which is small business. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, for years, all these companies were, you know, there's just this assumption that until they were bigger or larger, that um, they weren't going to get access to the tools they needed to, you know, uh, to, to bank, like how, how larger mm-hmm. companies do. And so we think there's a big opportunity to, to move money faster through that uh, supply chain because the, the awkwardness and the inconvenience of making payments uh, slows down money and it just has knock-on effects through, um, through everything. Um, that's one angle. But I think the biggest angle for us is really looking at you know, replacing um, these old-school payment systems such as BACS in the UK, uh, which is used predominantly to do salary payments but is enormously difficult to get. Uh, so you know, many people use bureaus, which are expensive and cumbersome. And we think that API-driven payments uh, should replace everything. And we think that's the biggest opportunity for us, is to replace these old-school methods of payments, which are like you know, the fax machine and payments industry, and uh, replace it with uh, modern API-driven payment methods.
0: Okay, great answer. So uh, this is a bit of a curiosity for me. So why the name comma? I, I love it. It's succinct and, uh, you know, as long as you don't use too many commas when you're writing, <laughs> since I'm a writer. But why, why comma? Well, uh,
1: commas actually are uh, the fourth uh, the fourth name <laughs> the company had. So when I was first looking at you know names of the company, uh, you, know, you go through this exercise. You look at you know what can you get the dot .com for? The very first one was Bankerine, uh, kind of like Wolverine from banks, but uh, everybody hated it. Uh, just <laughs> universal just just just, yeah, just awful. <laughs> then looked at uh, you know, just some random word, um, you, know, you go into kind of like word generators uh, mm-hmm. and, to get domains. So the second one was relightly really and okay. that didn't make any sense at all. Didn't really like the it in the slightest and when I said it to people, nobody got it and people couldn't repeat it. So, um, so that then took me back to the drawing board. And essentially I was uh, you know, thinking about kind of Stripe and how clever that was and it was just like an element of a car uh-huh. but it was sort of abstract enough that um, you know, they could go in and do other things. And I thought I'd go through the same exercise and just look at an invoice, look at, kind of, cause we're looking at doing kind of bank to bank payments uh, for small business. And just looking through the elements, and you know, there's uh, purchase orders, and there's uh, uh, totals and line items, and this sort of thing. And I noticed that, you know, for the amounts that are paid by bank to bank transfer, they generally are over, you know, a thousand pounds or a thousand dollars. And all those numbers had a comma in it. Um, so we actually became uh, comma zero to start with which was uh, you know, in reference to there's a comma zero in every amount that's mm-hmm. over a, a thousand. But then we uh, ran into an issue with a partner and we ended up dropping the, co- the zero part of it and that's how we became comma. So it really is to do with the thousand separator in, or at least in the UK and the US. Right, and, exactly. And, and Western markets. For us here does in the
0: Netherlands, th- it's uh, the period and then the comma for the sins. <laughs>
1: exactly, yeah. <It> was
0: <laughs> awful <laughs> moving over here, having to figure figure that out. I got everything wrong. My birthday was wrong, the, the bank statements <laughs> didn't make any sense. Uh, uh, anyway getting a little bit more serious so how do you think especially given sort of banks I guess maybe neglecting SMEs is a strong I don't know if it's strong but it seems like they they're overlooked by usually banks so how how do you think fintech can be a force for good for SMEs
1: well um, it's a very good question so the I really think that fintech can yeah, provide services and provide things that small businesses need because you know if they come up with innovative ways to get to customers fast, then you can cover a market and, and do it in economically um, viable ways. Mm-hmm. And you know that means that you can make a business as profitable and that uh, is, is viable for small businesses and offer them a whole lot of extra things that would pr- probably be too expensive or too cumbersome for a larger mm-hmm. bank to or a larger corporation to look at. And as long as there's an ecosystem that is enabled by the, the banks right. that, you know, you could, really, you, could, you could really see a thriving kind of a set of services that are available to, um, to small businesses. I think the thing that, you know, we forget about is that, if I just look at the UK alone, um, there are 6 million businesses in the UK, 5.7 million of them have mm-hmm. 10 staff or less. And none right. of those businesses or very few of those businesses have access to corporate banking. And that just leaves a huge section of you know, the business community yeah. keying in payments manually, manually kind of moving money around. And yeah, as I said, it slows down money, which means that money gets into the hands of people slower. And that just yeah has has not going to affect employment and everything. Yeah. Um, so we think that you know we think that things even like the, you know, the invoicing process could be mm-hmm. reimagined eventually if we can get you know more instantaneous bank to bank.
0: Right. Uh, speaking of that, you, you mentioned invoices. Do you partner with any like uh, big accounting softwares and like uh, accounting software suites <laughs> to actually make that like invoice reconciliation part, for example, more, how do you say that, uh, fluid? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, so we, we do. We partner with Zero uh, and we partner with Sage and we are very shortly releasing on the app stores uh, on both of those. And we've uh, been working very closely with both of them. They've been extremely supportive of what we're doing. And that means you can pull data from your accounting system into Comma. And you can essentially just click, I want to pay this bill, this bill, this bill. And we can then push that to the bank so you don't have to enter that information again. And then push it back to the And And interestingly, we can then trigger an action back in the accounting system when the customer pays so that you can then mark uh, invoices as paid automate that whole process uh, you know basically close the loop on the entire process that so, saves you know.
0: obviously time money and frustration uh, on behalf of uh, SMEs definitely it does okay so switching lanes a little bit uh, time to get personal <laughs> if any has anyone inspires you in your professional life
1: Uh yes there's many you now I call out uh, I call out a few certainly uh, I, well I will call out two people in particular that helped us help me help a huge amount this year So the the founders of WageStream in the UK, which is a Peter uh, and Portman from WageStream, were hugely influential over this uh, the last uh, six months. WageStream was a mission-driven company, which was out to destroy payday loan businesses. They felt that it was really destroying families and uh, all sorts of things, and they have really been going like like a rocket ship since they launched in 2018. And they've really kind of um, been 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 very kind of uh, helpful to, to us as, uh, and became uh, the the first investors in uh, in commerce. So uh, I've got to call those guys out. And I think there's some other other entrepreneurs that I, I find, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, have done amazing things. So the Collison brothers, the, the um, obviously the, the, tribe you know, the tribe guys, guys, very very uh, big influence. And you know, yeah, there's there's many. <laughs> oh
0: no, that's good. But I think that's a funny comment. I, I've been asking this all week to entrepreneurs like yourself and a lot of them do it's mostly their peers mm. it's not like a, you know Elon Musk or like Steve Jobs uh, as much admiration is maybe there but it's, it's usually like oh yeah somebody that I, I work with or like someone I partnered mm. with or someone who helped me get into whatever that's the real those are the real people like uh, the inspiration um. I, uh, I take from her, the people I surround myself with
1: I agree. Like, uh, uh, I, I connect with a, a close knit group of founders in, in the UK and around Europe. And yeah, we, we share lots of our information. And, and it's actually great to be able to speak to other, other founders, actually, mm-hmm. not on a personal level as well as a business level, uh, because founders go through a lot. Uh, and, uh, I, I can imagine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's, that's kind of who you connect with most.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last question—it's and it's a tough one. What's a question you never get asked in an interview, but you wish they would ask?
1: Well, very few people ask me about why the why the career change. So i, I started out when I went to university. I actually was uh, planning to be a sculptor. No one, no one, no, one, no, one, no one believes me when I say it. From there, there I got into animation, and I and I moved to the creative sector. And I actually ran a ran a company, a tech company in the creative sector for. Uh, over 10 years, uh, I was actually in the advertising space, and I moved from that into fintech. And, and very few uh, people kind of ask me why.
0: <laughs> but why? Yeah. So answer that question. Why did you move into fintech?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a few things. Uh, one, I, I was certainly less passionate about the advertising uh, world than I that I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found that it had become uh, less creative, less of a creative outlet for me. And uh, I also just saw that. You know, they're, they're, as I said before, there's this uh, hugely ignored you know, section of the uh, business community which is, uh, and I've been in that business community, which is just frustrated and, and, just, and just assume and have this kind of a, what do you call it, um, uh, resignation mm-hmm. that nothing is ever going to change in, uh, in payments or they're just going to have to do this stuff forever. Or until they get a lot bigger, and I felt that like um, I, I've seen the effect firsthand of money coming in late, and you know, people, not, uh, founders, mm-hmm. not being able to make payroll, this sort of stuff, because you know, uh, just money hasn't hasn't got through accounts fast enough. And yeah, I, I really wanted to change that. Um, and almost coming out of a point of naivety into into fintech and into banking has uh, actually helped. I think uh, often you know you can challenge the norm uh, a lot more if you just you know don't know that something's possible. Yeah, if, if if someone tells you it's not possible and you believe it, then uh, you'll never change it. You know, just wanting and, and this change has actually been a, a really important thing. It's meant that we can go into banks and say, look, you know, I get that it doesn't do this, mm-hmm. but you know, why? And challenge that, and, and then often they see, uh, um, yeah, they see the light, and uh, and it has actually worked. Um, we have actually managed to manage to get banks to change.
0: Oh, thanks. Oh, uh, before I go, do you have any funding? You had some recent funding, isn't that right? That's right, yeah. So we
1: just uh, raised our first institutional round. We, uh, as I said before, so Peter and Portman uh, back Mm -hmm. in January, um, together with Village Global, uh, put in the very first uh, amount. And then that that led into a seed round in July, which um, was led by Octopus Ventures and Connect uh, Ventures.
0: Nice. Well, congratulations. Uh, Thank you very much. I'm sure it was uh, sorely needed.
1: Yes, it's, uh, it's certainly uh, been very helpful We have some amazing investors on board. Uh, so we're ready to uh, ready to rock, basically.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for coming to, all the way to the, uh, the Money Pot booth in the tour of Money 2020. Uh, thanks, Tom. Thank you. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you very much. You've just been listening to Paytech Talk, the podcast about payments. Today's guest was Tom Beckenham, founder and CEO of Karma. Paytech Talk is brought to you by Cognito Media Amsterdam. Thanks for listening.